Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of What's the Plan, Monterey. This is my interview with Mr. Steve Johns. He heads up the Monterey Peninsula Foundation. Our interview, which aired on January 2nd, was cut off at the end of the program due to time constraints. And at, I will play the second half of this interview on our show on January 9th. However, as a special treat for listeners and people interested, I have um, posted here the a complete interview with Mr. Steve Johns, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. He talks a lot, a wide range of issues about the Pebble Beach Pro-Am and the Pure International and some of their philanthropic work. And I, I thought it was a great discussion and hope you enjoy. Thanks for coming on the program, Mr. Johns. Um, I know my business, Express Employment Professional, has worked with the foundation before, in particular, Susan Overton. She's uh, fantastic and uh, really, really have enjoyed working with you guys. Um, uh, she's amazing. She, you know, she, she heads up all the volunteers and, um, the patience she has, you know, volunteers are, are, are so important to the tournament and, and to keep them in the know, uh, to feel, you know, feel important, but also, you know, be recognized for their hard work. She does a remarkable job. Uh, we have 1600 volunteers, you know, 16 to 2000 for the AT&T and roughly 600 to a thousand for the pure insurance championship and she's responsible for making sure that you know they all know the committees that are on and the various um details of the week the, the uniforms are just one particular piece of that but she's she's incredible i i, I came to the foundation in, in 2011 and she was there um and she's the only one that is uh, one other uh, sarah hayes who's in the sponsorship department those two are the only two that have been have been there the entire time i've been there every all the rest all the rest of the staff is turned over um, with age, I mean, they, the, the beauty of the foundation is, is, is so much fun to work for. No one ever wants to leave. And so it, when I took over, there were, there were, you know, five or six ladies that had been there 20 to 25 years. Wow. And, and they were, you know, they were just done. They were, they had, they had done such a fantastic job and, 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 and the, the nurturing of the events. And so I, you know, was tasked with hiring new staff and fortunately, there's a there's a uh, a large pool of, of philanthropic minded um, people out there that really want to work for a nonprofit. So I've been I've been very fortunate to fill the fill the seats with with uh, with people that care deeply about our community and the work that we do at the foundation level. So Suzanne's just one example of that, and we try to we try to keep that culture uh, going throughout and with with the you know the the, the underlying um, goal is that. You know, we we um, we know our role and responsibility within the communities that we serve in Santa Cruz, San Benito, Monterey County, and we we do it um, with great enthusiasm. I think every everybody in, within the organization of the small staff at the Monterey Pencil Foundation is uh, just really good good souls, good people. Um, they they're really uh, they're fun to be around because they they really do. They're passionate about the work we do, and you have to be if you're if you're in the nonprofit sector. Can you tell me about um, you know you were you led I believe nine dealerships for 25 years. Can you tell us about your career before you took over the uh, the Monterey Peninsula Foundation? Yeah, it's 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 a it's kind of a fun story. I I, I started. I'm from Michigan originally. It came out in 1985 and took over uh, a Honda, uh, I'm sorry, a Chevrolet store, Prolo Chevrolet in Santa Cruz, 
very small dealership. My dad's background is advertising, and his largest account was Chevrolet. So he had, he had he had all the connections for me. He opened the doors, and I borrowed I borrowed money uh, from him to buy the Chevy store, and and he stayed with me as as my advisor for advertising and and really life advisor too for that period of time. Um, he passed away in, in 2007. But up until that time, from the time that I, 1985 to 2007, he and, I, he and I are very, very close. Play a lot of golf together. And um, I'd speak with him every day because he's, he's a genius. His, his work at his organization, Campbell Ewald Advertising, was his company. And he, he was responsible for seeing the USA in your Chevrolet and Like a Rock and Baseball, Hot Dogs, Apple Pie and Chevrolet. That was his company that came up with those slogans. And actually probably was my dad that was – like the uh, the mind behind all of that. So very creative guy. Um, I I was in Santa Cruz from 1985 and sold the dealerships in 2010. Uh, the last store I was at was a Honda, so Ocean Honda. I sold um, after I built a new store in 2009. Sold it in 2010, and the guy's still there. The, the Jeffrey Capo is an incredibly philanthropic guy. In fact, he he contributes a significant amount to the Monterey Peninsula Foundation annually. And w- without any strings attached, he doesn't, he doesn't ask for anything. In fact, to the contrary, it's mostly anonymous. Um, yeah. But I, but I, I ran a dealership on a, on a, on the approach that you have to give back to the community. I didn't, I didn't run an ad with my face in it. You know, a lot of the dealers, nothing wrong with it, but I just didn't believe in it. I really felt I wasn't selling, I wasn't selling Steve John. I was selling, I was selling service. You know, the, the ability for us to service your needs once you buy the car, new or used. And so I, I, I was, I was really involved in the community. I was part of a bank, Santa Cruz County bank that started in 2004. I was involved in, in, in a lot of the nonprofit organizations in Santa Cruz County. Cause I believe you had to be, if, if, if you lived in, if you were a, a local car dealer, you had to be part of the community, the fabric of the community. And we would, we would contribute a, a significant amount of money annually to youth organizations um, throughout Santa Cruz County. And, and, that paid dividends when, when the, when the market, everything went sideways in 2008 and nine, we all recall, um, we, we suffered obviously, but, but we didn't suffer as, as great as we, as others, because the community really supported the work that we had done leading up to that time. And I commissioned when I built a new Honda store, I commissioned an artist to paint a mural 60, 60 by 20 foot mural on the side of our new service inside of our service, uh, driveway. And it was, it, it was, uh, it was an example of, of I, I had to paint all of the all of the relationships that the dealership had, not not Steve John, but the dealerships had within the community because I knew I was going to eventually be gone, and that that may stay, and it it has it has remained intact. But it's all it's all of the nonprofits that we supported and supported us, and a lot of the relationships that that, that the dealership had. So I, I had that in my DNA from the beginning. I, I believe in giving back. I believe you have to give back to, to, to improve yourself. And, and so I, I did that and I, I loved the game of golf. I love philanthropy and, and I, I love, obviously love sales. So when this job became available in 2011, when I was approached about this job, it just was a natural fit. I love golf. I love philanthropy. Um, and I could, I could, my, my two passions. So I was able to, to have a second career, um, with, a, with the Monterey Peninsula Foundation. And I really enjoyed that. Um, since, since the day I started and I'm not ready to, to hang it up yet. And when I, when I do, and it, it'll be, it'll be appropriate. It'll be, it'll be good timing for me to say goodbye and, and, and usher in someone else to take over my role. With this uh, year's pro-am, 
the venue is going to be a little bit different without spectators. Can you tell us about uh, like how, how this has been different or how things are going to be organized this year? Well, fortunately, we, we were able to have a, a little dry run, not a dry run, a real run with the Pure Insurance Championship in September. That's a PGA Tour Champions event that uh, impacts the first tee organization. And this has been going on since 2004. This was the first year, obviously, without spectators. So we're able to, to really uh, see how, how it would, everything would work. The, the, or the tournament takes place at Pebble Beach and in the past Poppy Hills golf course. But because we didn't have, we were not able to fly the juniors, 78 juniors from all over the country for obvious reasons, we, we, we cut our field back to 80, 80 amateurs and paired them with 80 professionals from the PGA Tour champions. So it was a very similar makeup to the AT&T format, one pro, one amateur. Um, we didn't have spectators, just the, and it took place all at Pebble Beach golf links, essential people only on the golf course, meaning the golf channel, PGA tour rules, officials, and, and, and then, uh, P, uh volunteers, which are necessary walking scores, things like that. So we're, we're basically going to do, we're going to do the same thing that we did for the pure, although we'll have three golf courses and, and a larger field, 156 amateurs playing with 156 professionals over th over three golf courses, Monterey, Spyglass, and Pebble. Um, no spectators, as, as I've said multiple times, uh, which, is, which, is, which is difficult because we've always touted that you need to be here to experience the AT&T. You can't simply, you know, watch it on your whatever platform device you have or even TV and get the same feeling as, as you know, high-fiving Peyton Manning or, or a professional Dustin Johnson, things like that. So, you know, we've been, we've been pushing that need to be here now that we can't push it. So we are going to rely upon the different uh, mediums that people will, will view the, the broadcast, whether it's on TV or other, other devices. Um, it's not ideal. It's absolutely not ideal for a number of reasons that the, the, at the end of the day, we're all, all we care about is raising money. We want to, we want to put out a phenomenal event that the people can enjoy all over the world. And those that are in, on site enjoy it as well. We need to raise money. We we're tasked with raising significant amount of money for the for our communities that we serve. We'll still be able to do that, uh, not in the not in the same not the same level because you know it, it comes from uh, the sponsors that are on site that are in the sky suites on along the fairways. Uh, the spectators obviously they pay and not, we don't we don't charge a, a large entry fee for the for the weekly tickets. But it's it does add up. And last year it, added, it was a million seven, so that's gone. It's off the table, along with those sponsors that had sky suites uh, that would, would entertain clients for the week. Those are those are we're not we won't have any sky suites. There'll be nothing on the golf course other than tee back signs and some and some TV towers. So it much much like it is today at Pebble Beach Golf Links, um, at just the beauty of the of Pebble Beach, which is fantastic. It doesn't work. The financial model doesn't work. If it's, it's not sustainable. So we do need to return uh, in 2022 back to a, uh, the tournament where we have spectators and 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 you know full-on builds and things like that. So this is this is hopefully a one-off, and and we'll get through it, mm. um, and and move on like everybody. I mean, we're not the first tournament to not have spectators, and we won't be the last until there's a certainly a vaccine that's scaled. I want to focus on the uh, philanthropic effort that you're doing, but I have to say, as, as a person who's a vendor for a, a lot of the AT&T or Pebble Beach company events, um, 
it does affect a lot of for-profit businesses. And that's, you know, that's kind of like an, an ancillary good that, that, you know, foundations like yours do is they really help out. I mean, the tent, the people who erect the tents and all the AV people, just there's tons and tons of vendors that go in that make that are, you know, make their living doing it. And that's not really classified as philanthropic, but it's really, really important to the, the local economy, obviously. But getting to, uh, can you talk a little bit about the philanthropic effort of the foundation and what you, what you do with the money and some of the great work that you guys do? Yeah, actually, I, I, I do think that uh, the vendors, the vendors are philanthropic. So the, the collateral damage caused by this is, is, is irreparable, unfortunately. Um, and it's put a lot of companies out of business, as we all know. But when we, when we support a, a, a particular vendor, it's not just because they're the, they're the best price. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't really, we look at the pricing, obviously we have to, but we wanna make sure they're competitive. And we also wanna make sure they're good people. We like to do business with like-minded individuals. And, and there's, there has to be a, a, a thread, common thread of philanthropic endeavors with all of our, all the people we do business with, all the vendors. So yeah, they're, they're, they're suffering immensely. Our tent companies, you know, typically will will spend well over a million dollars on, on a, with our tent vendor, and this year it will be barely over a hundred thousand dollars because we just don't need, we don't have the needs that we've had in the past. So, you know, we we probably have a fiscal impact of over a hundred million dollars from the tournament for that tournament week at Pebble Beach, from the hotels, the restaurants, the shopping. You know how it, it trickled down. Well, that's gone. So those stores are are going to suffer. Everyone's suffering right now. Um, you know, there's, there are people that are benefiting from this, but the, the majority are not. So we, we, as a, as a nonprofit, um, are, are really focused on, on as many dollars that we can channel to the nonprofits in the, in the tri-county that we serve primarily 90% of our 99, 90 to 95% of our funds from the tournament, um, go right back to nonprofits in Monterey, Santa Cruz and San Benito County. They, there are other nonprofits across the country that, that benefit, but that's, that's from the relationships that we have with the players. For instance, the 3M Celebrity Challenge, the winnings from the 3M, the players that play, and that's say Clay Walker, um, he, he supports, um, he has in his, his own nonprofit. Um, and so uh, uh, Bands Against MS is what it's called. So, you know, the, the money that he wins from that event We'll go to that. You know, that's not in Monterey, Santa Cruz, San Bernardino County, but it, it's important to us to support those that, that, that support us. And that's an example of that with, with Clay Walker. So we will primarily um, focus on our, on our giving area. We, we, we have giving areas, obviously, buckets and, you know, giving buckets like most nonprofits do and youth and education environment, things like that. But we're also able to, to open up the aperture and, and really grant where, the, where, the, where funds are needed that may not fit neatly into one of those buckets. And that's the beauty of a, of a of the foundation. Some organizations are really tied to certain uh, buckets, and and they have to give to youth only. Well, we we can give to anything, and we have. And 176 million is our cumulative uh, uh, giving since uh, <clears throat> records have been have been kept, and and it's it's across all spectrums as I mentioned, and that's that's by intent. And that's the we have a grant committee that meets three times a year. The the our, our philanthropic team at the organization. We'll vet all the organizations to ensure that they serve. They, first of all, they can take the money, and then, then the need, and then what the purpose of the funds will be, and that'll be presented to the grant committee, 
which is made up of, of community leaders from, from Santa Cruz, San Bernardino, Monterey County. And they decide, they don't rubber stamp anything. There are a lot of questions, a lot of debate. And it's, it's, a, it's a very um, productive conversation that takes place at those grant committee meetings. Many of them will, uh, will end in, in, a, in a larger grant than, than, we tip, than we had brought into the room. Say, say we bring in the room a million dollars. And they may look and say, well, there's, there's greater need for this organization or that organization. Or have you thought about maybe cutting back a little bit in this organization because they're not able to really take it, but let's give more to this other organization. So very productive discussions take place at the grant committee meeting. Um, we, we, give, we give funds to everybody. Uh, CSUMB, obviously, um, we, we love focusing on education, local education, the, the Montage Health Community Foundation, Community um, Hospital, the community foundation, we collaborate a lot with other lenders. Um, and, and that's always, that's always beneficial because we're using, we're using their, their assets um, in addition to their, their, their uh, staffing because the community foundation is the largest staff in the foundation in the Monterey Peninsula foundation. So we're able to, uh, because of the bandwidth they have, we're able to learn a little more. And that's, that, that comes out in the collaboration, the discussion. So we, we work with a lot of nonprofits to, to um, really raise the bucket. As example is, is the Monterey Gives campaign that's currently that just ended uh, last night. And over $7 million was raised through this, through this endeavor. Um, a fantastic uh, efforts. Um, Bradley Zeeb, who runs the Monterey um, paper weekly, uh, and Dan Baldwin, who, who is head of the Community Foundation. Th those two really, really, we participate and they give us a lot of credit, but it's really those two that drive it. And it's their enthusiasm. It's it's infectious. So that's a significant amount of money that's that's going to the much needed money that's going to these deserving nonprofits. And it's the lifeblood of these of these grantees. And as I said in the beginning, many of them are not many, but several are going away or maybe merging. And it's unfortunate um, that this that this pandemic has caused that. But in some ways, it might might make them healthier. I hate to say that, and they don't want to hear it at times. Some don't want to hear it. But I think at the end they may say, "Well, it's best we maybe maybe we merge with this organization or that organization." That's not ideal. It's not absolutely not ideal, but it's just and that's the result of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And there's many of those stories. That's well, great information. So if you're an if you're an organization uh, and you want to apply for a grant, I'm looking at your webpage. So it's MontereyPeninsulaFoundation.org. Is that the best place where an organization can go and then reach out to one of the uh, one of your directors or program associates? Yeah, yeah. The best plus place is to start with our website to learn, you know, wh where we give. And I, as I said, we, we, we'll, we're going to give to meet the need um, if it makes sense. And it has to make sense uh, for obvious reasons. But that's, that's the best place to go is look at the website, see who we give to, uh, see if you're a fit. You know, we, we require certain things we require. I mean, we obviously, we have a fiscal responsibility to the board of directors to do our, you know, fiduciary responsibility to do our due diligence. And, and we do perform that due diligence. There's a staff of three in the office. The director um, leads that staff. And so there's, there's, um, there's the, the appropriate action is to contact the, the foundation um, requesting, you know, applying for a grant and then communicating. And, and we really hold the hand of the grant of the grantee of the applicant to ensure that they, you know, they know what they're asking for, they give us the right information. We want to approve the grant. We don't want to, we don't want to turn anything away, but we want to make sure that the application process um, takes place and everything is checked and, and dotted in the appropriate, appropriate boxes. So we, we are here to give. That's our purpose. 
and we, we want to give. We just have to make sure it's, it, it goes to the right end, end user. So February 8th through the 14th is the AT&T Pebble Pro-Am. This year, which I'm kind of bummed out that uh, they don't have, uh, you know, in-person uh, uh, spectators because you have a great line of, um, although you don't have Wayne Gretzky. I was disappointed by that, I'll just say. But uh, the, uh, we, do. You, we do. He's playing. Oh, he is playing. He, okay. Wait. Yeah, so, so what, you, what you see on our website are the current players that have, that have registered. Okay. We have, invit- have invitations out that the people just haven't, haven't registered yet for whatever reason. You know, maybe, maybe they haven't gotten around to it. A lot, a lot of people, um, a lot of our professionals that have not committed to play yet do so after the new year. It's, it's typically this week that begins Monday is, is, is a week that everybody kind of figures out, well, you know what, that tournament's next month. I, I probably need to register. So it, you'll see a lot of activity on the website in the, in the coming weeks. Uh, but Wayne, Wayne's, Wayne's planning to play. I uh, hit a hole-in-one yesterday, actually, which is kind of funny. Um, I, I believe it was at Sherwood down south. But he's, he's planning to play. I'm, again, I'm from Michigan. I played hockey growing up, so I'm a huge hockey yeah. fan. I'm a huge Gretzky fan. It's, well, it's, uh, funny, to, Wayne's fun to watch. it's funny to watch him and Dustin Johnson because they're always kind of like uh, – kind of you know making fun of each other more or less oh they are they are they're they're a great team they're a great team and they participate in the chevron uh putting uh, champions versus champions event every year which is great and that raises money for again those organizations that that uh, that those represent and you know we we have three of those special events typically every year and unfortunately this year two are going to go away because we just they're, they're fan-based events and it doesn't make any sense the chevron will still take place but the 3m and the Cisco hole in one will not mm. because we're just we we do we need the interaction with the public to to have that really take place. So mm-hmm. it'll have a, it's a year off and then we'll come back in twenty two. Yeah, that's and uh, Jason Bateman, of course, Bill Murray's still there. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy. So yeah, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman played and played twice in the nineties. I I was unaware of that until I actually spoke with him when I invited him to play. He he mentioned, oh, it'd be great to come back. And I said, what do you mean come back? I played. I played in the '90s, early '90s. I thought, wow. I, had, I mean, that bad on me. I should have known that. But unfortunately, our, our records. Um, we use a, We use our software system, our Salesforce system. We we went back as far as we could. Apparently, we didn't. We didn't do a good enough job with that one. But we we um, we realized that he did play in the '90s. So it's great to have him back. I think he'll be a. As I always say, it's a great fan attraction. But in this situation, it's going to be a. You know, an, an audience is going to be from a distance. So I guess. People will watch the, you know, watch the broadcast on CBS and Golf Channel and follow along our social media and, and, and watch it. We, we will have to do a better job with our social media than we have in the past. Not a better job, just a deeper job. We do, I think our, our, our team, Leslie Varney, who's, who's our director of marketing, you may have met her, talked to her. She's fantastic. She is, she's tasked with, uh, with this role the does the overseeing the, the the social media and this year more than ever we need to make sure we're we're really pushing it out there for people because there's going to be there's going to be a, a great desire to, to follow us and know Absolutely. and um you know to, to, because they're not here well i was wondering steve I, and i don't know about the tv contracts maybe they wouldn't allow this but uh could you live stream like say bill murray or something like that um we can't live stream because they're, they're, the cbs owns the rights to the broadcast <laughs> capture anything any images mm-hmm. so it's really it's as live as as the you know the broadcast from you know for the hours that's on on saturday and sunday for cbs golf channel thursday friday but there's you know the players the players do you know through their social media platforms 
they, they, they really, if you're following, you know, probably the best thing to do is to go on and I'd advise people to, to follow every one of our celebrities and athletes that are in the field, just get on their Instagram, Twitter, whatever they, whatever they, they, they use and just follow them because I think you're going to see some good content will come from, from their own platforms this year. Uh, unlike any in the past. So Steve, you, you're a great citizen, uh, doing great work throughout philanthropic work and what a great, uh, you know, second chapter to your career. And I know it's not about you. It's about all the great giving, but we, you know, everybody needs citizens that are out there running organizations like this is just phenomenal. Uh, anything to add before, uh, we go, you want to put on? No, no, I just, I, I look, I, I, I've said it before. I'm passionate about golf and giving and, and the organization, the Monterey Peninsula Foundation has done a fantastic job in achieving these goals. Before I came, I followed it. I followed a tremendous man in Ali Nutt and someone will follow me as well. And it's just, you know, when I'm here, my job is to, is to raise money for the communities that, that we serve and the nonprofits um, within those communities. So I, I just, I, I push myself every day to, to make sure we're achieving those goals and, and looking always for opportunity for us to help because that's all, that's truly all we can do. We we're on this earth to, to help others and, and there's givers and takers in the world and I am a giver and that's always have been. Thank God I was raised to be a giver. Again, hopefully uh, with, with any luck, the pure insurance championship this year will be a uh, in-person attended event. <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope so. It's tough. I mean, I gotta tell you, um, we need, we need the juniors back. The, the first tee organization is phenomenal and the juniors are the secret sauce to that tournament. And it, it, it was, it worked out just fine. It was a great event. The, the amateurs that participated, that pay a lot of money to, to support the organization, the first tee, they had a wonderful time, but they, if asked, I guarantee every one of them would say, I did have a wonderful time, but I miss the juniors mm-hmm. because they bring an element of a level of enthusiasm and excitement. And really they're, they're, they're incredible individuals. They're, they're not probably going to play golf as the career. They're going to, they're the next to cure cancer. And so when you meet these juniors and you talk with them, you learn a lot. And, and if you just ask them, you know, the more you ask them more questions, you're going to get some answers that you would never think you'd get. These are, these are incredible young men and women and it, and having them not with us, is very difficult. So I do hope we can return to that that platform next year. That nor- sense of normalcy will come back in the world. I hope very soon. But that's that's certainly a, a goal of ours is to get back to normal. Fantastic. Well, th- thanks again, Steve, for uh, coming on the program. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Buddy. Okay. Well, that was the entire interview with Mr. Steve Johns. Hopefully, you enjoyed that, and hopefully, we'll catch you on Power Talk 1460 AM and 101.1 FM next week at 1.30 p.m. on Saturday. Thanks, and have a great day.